0: Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. Abner the son of Ner and the servants of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, who had been made king by Abner. Okay, Abner made him king, not God. Abner made him king. He went out to Mahaniam to Gibeon. And Joab, the son of Zeruai, and the servants of David went out and met them at the pool of Gibeon. And they sat down, one on the one side of the pool, and the other on the other side of the pool. And Abner said to Joab, let the young man arise and compete before us. And Joab said, let them arise. Then they arose and passed over by number, 12 for Benjamin and ish the son of Saul, and 12 for the servants of David. And each caught his opponent by the head and thrust his sword in his opponent's side, so they fell down together. Therefore that place is called Helkath Hazarim, which is at Gibeon. And the battle was very fierce that day. And Abner and the men of Israel were beaten before the servants of David. And the three sons of Zeruah were there, Joab, Abishai, and Ashiel. Now Ashiel was swift of foot as a wild gazelle. And Ashiel pursued Abner as he went. And he turned neither to the right hand or to the left hand from following Abner. And Abner looked behind him and said, Is that you, Ashiel? And he said, It is I. And he said, Turn aside to your right hand or to your left. And seize one of the young men and take his spoil. But a shield would not turn aside from following him. Now remember, you have a young man pursuing an older, experienced warrior. All right? And Abner said to Sheol, Turn aside from following me. Why should I strike you to the ground? How then could I lift up my face to your brother Joab? But he refused to turn aside. Therefore, Abner struck him in the stomach with the butt of his spear. Now that was something an inexperienced young man would not be looking for. You would think a man would turn and face you to fight. Instead he just rammed the butt of the spear, probably had a special tip on it, but so that the spear came out his back. Now that was something the young and inexperienced would not understand. Now notice, and here's the truth you got to put in here. Ability brought him to the battle, inexperience got him killed. Now, there's a great truth that some of you young professionals need to get a hold of here. You you can have tremendous ability, tremendous intelligence, and that will get you into a battle. I mean, you it, it'll get you right there in the middle of a business battle. it gets you right there into the middle of a corporate battle but you don't have the experience to win the battle. Okay? So he was swift as a gazelle, but he didn't have the experience. Please learn the lesson. But Joab and Abishar pursued Abner. As the sun was going down, they came to the hill of Amma, which lies before Gia on the way to the wilderness of Gibeon. And the people of Benjamin gathered themselves behind Abner and became one group and took their stand on the top of the hill. And notice, you always fight from a superior position. This is experience, okay? On the top of the hill, guys coming up would not have the same advantage as those on the top striking down. Then Abner called to Joab, should the sword devour forever? Do you not know that the end will be bitter? how long will it be before you tell your people to turn from the pursuit of their brothers? And Joab said, as God lives, if you had not spoken, surely the men would not have given up the pursuit of their brothers until morning. So Joab blew the trumpet and all the men stopped and pursued Israel no more, nor did they fight anymore. You know what? Sometimes call it a victory. Now, I don't know how to golf, but I have walked around a golf course with Uncle Lester. I've walked around a golf course with Dr. Cho. I've walked around a golf course with my friend, uh, um, Claude Fingleton. He took one of our members out golfing. And I've walked around the golf course. And one of the things I've noticed is sometimes there are guys that don't put it all the way in the hole. Now, I thought the goal was to get the ball in the hole. But sometimes they just say, all right, we'll just call that. Because they recognize how they would have got the next shot. And so they just call it. Sometimes you just have to call it a victory. You don't need to kill everybody to call it a victory. And now, now, brothers and sisters, this is, again, one of these incredible truths. I've, I've given you three great leadership principles. This is leadership. This is leadership. This is leadership. The ability brought him to the battle. Inexperience got him killed. Fight from a superior position, uh, especially if weaker numbers. And the other one is sometimes call it a victory because sometimes total annihilation creates attitudes that will perpetuate the battle. So sometimes, you know, okay, we won. We don't need to destroy everybody. We don't need scorched earth, okay? And Abner and his men went all that night through Araba and they crossed the Jordan and marching the whole morning, they came to Mahanaim. Joab returned from the pursuit of Abner. When he'd gathered all the people together, they were missing from David's servants, 19 men besides Ashil, so only 20 died. These were experienced warriors. But the servants of David struck down from Benjamin 360 of Abner's men. And they took a shield and buried him in the tomb of his father, which was at Bethlehem. And Joab and his men marched all night, and the day broke upon them at Hebron. Now these guys, (laughs) when lose, depart battle quickly. (laughs) okay they marched all night and got back to their strong position chapter 3 verse 1 there was a long war between the house of saul and the house of david and david grew stronger and stronger while the house of saul grew weaker and weaker now sometimes that's how it lasts now god's will takes time. And sometimes we get frustrated because we say, God, why am I not in this position yet? Well, but you're growing stronger and stronger. And as you grow stronger and stronger, you grow more capable of a position, okay? They grow more capable of being king. You know, there are things that you learn in the struggle that make you a better leader. Now, now let me say that again. Things you learn in the struggle that make you a better leader. Ah, pen work, there we go. The sons of, and sons were born to David at Hebron. The firstborn was Amnon of Ahinoam of Jezreel. And the second, Shileb of of Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And the third, Absalom, the son of Maacah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur. All right, so Absalom, Amnon, Shileb. These are names we're going to see in the future. And the fourth, Adonijah, Now. The fourth is Adonijah, he, he's next in line after Absalom. Who is it who tried to take away the kingdom from Solomon? Adonijah. So start remembering these names. The son of Haggith, and the fifth, Shephathiah, the son of Apatal, and the sixth, Ithream of Eglah, David's wife. These were born to David at Hebron. While there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David, Abner was making himself strong in the house of Saul. Now, here's a key. Key to seconds not to trust. Now, in every company, in every church, in every organization, in every government, there are people that are second-tier leadership. They're They're not the top. They're not the king. They're not the pastor. They're not the president. They're next down. And the, in these second tiers, you have to understand those seconds can destroy everything that a leader is trying to do. So when you see a second making himself strong, when when you have young pastors, when you have an assistant pastor who is pulling an Absalom, going out and making himself strong among the people, when you you businessmen, you you see a, a vice president or an executive vice president. Out, currying the favor with your customers and your client base, and making him. When you see somebody who's not building the organization, but instead building themselves, building themselves, this is where you have to learn. This is another leadership thought. When you see someone building themselves, you've got a problem. Now Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah. And Ishbosheth said to Abner, "Why have you gone into my father's concubine?" And Abner was very angry over the words of Ishbosheth. And he said, "Am I a dog's head of Judah? To this day I keep showing steadfast love to the house of Saul, your father, to his brothers, to his friends, and I have not given you into the hand of David. Yet you charge me today with a fault concerning this woman." In other words, I control the situation. You owe me. Now, again, this is a leadership thought. When you have someone like this who thinks that, they, that you are beholding to them and that they are actually the ones in control and that they are the ones who have made you, you have a problem. Now, there's a a lesson I learned many years ago. When men promote you, men can demote you. But when God promotes you, no man can demote you. Now, Now, get the thought. When men promote, men can demote. Remember, Abner made him king. Remember the verse earlier. So go look it up and type in the verse there. When men promote, men can demote. God do so to Abner and more also, if I do not accomplish for David what the Lord has sworn to him. So he always knew. He always knew God's will. So Well, if he always knew God's will, why didn't he do it? He put his own position first. He put his own ambitions first. To transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul instead of the throne of David over Israel and over Judah from Dan to Beersheba. And Ishbosheth could not answer Abner, another word, because he feared him. All right, here's leadership thought again. Okay. When a guy makes himself strong, then the leader, the leader fears the number two. And Abner sent messengers to David on his behalf saying, to whom does the land belong? Make a covenant with me. And behold, my hand shall be with you to bring over all Israel to you. Again, okay, notice he is, His own future. He doesn't care about his word. He doesn't care about what he's done. He's going to take care of his own future. That is a dangerous number two. And David said, good, I will make a covenant with you. But one thing I require from you, and that is you shall not see my face unless you first bring Michael, Saul's daughter, when you come to see my face. And David sent messengers to ish Saul's son, saying, "'Give me my wife, Michael, "'for whom I pay the bridal price "'of a hundred four skins of the Philistines.' "'And ish set and took her from her husband, "'Baltiel, the son of Laish. "'But her husband went with her, "'weeping after her all the way to Bahurim. "'Then Abner said to him, "'Go, return.' "'And he returned. "'And Abner conferred with the elders of Israel, saying, "'From some time past, "'you have been seeking David as your king. "'Okay.' So Abner overruled other leaders in the past. And now that it benefits him, he's going to do what they want. Now then, bring it about, for the Lord has promised David, saying, by the hand of of my servant David, I will save my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all their enemies. Okay? Again, they knew God's will. But remember, for a long time, for a long, ah! One of these days I get a new computer. For a long time, Rejected God's will for personal benefit. Abner also spoke to Benjamin, and then Abner went to tell David and Hebron all that Israel and the whole house of Benjamin thought good to do. When Abner came with 20 men to David and Hebron, David made a feast for Abner and all the men who were with him, and Abner said to David, I will arise and I will gather all Israel to my Lord, the king. I will, I will, that they may make a covenant with you. So he is the kingmaker. He made Ishbosheth king and now he's going to make David king. He feels very powerful. He feels very powerful. Just then, servants of David arrived with Joab from a raid, bringing back much spoil with them. But Abner was not with David at Hebron, for he had sent him away and he had gone in peace. All right? Now, both of these notice he went in peace. That was important to David that he went in peace. Now, do I think David trusted this man? No, but he let him go in peace. When Joab and all the army was with him came, it was told Joab, Abner the son of Nair came to the king and he has let him go and he has gone in peace. Then Joab went to the king and said, what have you done? Behold, Abner came to you. Why is it that you have sent him away so that he has gone? You know that Abner, the son of Ner, came to deceive you and to know what's going out and coming in and to know all that you are doing. So, okay. Is this true? We'll never know. But probably. Probably. You see how two-faced he is? And he doesn't mind rejecting the will of God. So honestly, probably Joab is right. But being right and doing right is two different subjects. When Joab came out of David's presence, he sent messengers after Abner, and they brought him back from the cistern of Syrah. But David did not know about it. But when Abner returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside to the midst of the gate to speak with him privately. And there he struck him in the stomach so that he died for the blood of Ashiel, his brother. Afterwards, David heard of it. Now notice, afterwards, David heard of it. Now there's some key things here. David did not know about it. When David heard about it, notice he went in peace, went in peace, gone in peace. Now David didn't know about it. When David heard it, he said, I and my kingdom are forever guiltless before the Lord for the blood of Abner, son of Ner. May it fall upon the head of Job and upon his father's house, and may the house of Joab never be without one who has a discharge or is leprous, or who holds a spindle or falls by the sword or who lacks bread. So Joab and Abisha his brother, killed Abner, because he had put their brother Ashiel to death in the battle of Gibeon. And David said to Joab and all the people who were with him, Now notice he says to Joab, the guy who kills him, tear your clothes and put on sackcloth and mourn before Abner. And the king followed the funeral bearer. Okay, so this this is like the funeral procession. This is the carrying of the body. Now notice, the leader is not aware when the leader becomes aware the leader corrects and the leader <laughs> publicly corrects abner or some joab tear your clothes and you're going to walk with me following in this funeral procession what you did was wrong oh. See, sometimes people who are in the position of second go out and do things, and then the leader has to clean up the mess. And they buried Abner. See, at this point, all the men of Israel are going to think, wait a second, you can't trust David. Okay, okay. So people will trust. Sometimes the actions of the number two cause trust in the leader to be destroyed. And so you've got to make sure everybody understands you weren't part of this. It's not that he avoids responsibility. It's just, you know what? This guy did this. They buried Abner in Hebron, and the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner and all the people wept. And the king lamented for Abner saying, should Abner die as a fool dies? In other words, it's not right. The guy may be a jerk, but he shouldn't die as a fool dies. Your hands were not bound, your feet were not fettered. As one, one falls before the wicked, you have fallen. And all the people wept again over him. Then all the people came to persuade David to eat bread while it was yet day. But David swore, God, do so to me and more also, if I taste anything till the sun goes down. All right, so he's fasting in mourning. This is a public mourning. Because he wants people to understand, I had nothing to do with this. And all the people took notice of it, and it pleased them. As everything the king did pleased all the people. Now, that's not being a people pleaser. It's doing the right thing. It pleased the people. The king king didn't kill Abner. The The king was not a deceitful man. He didn't kill them. So the people took notice of it. So all the people of Israel understood that day. Okay, here's here's the proof. So all the people of Israel understood that day. It had not been the king's will to put Abner, to put to death Abner, the son of Ner. Okay, so David had to reveal not my plan. And the king said to his servants, Do you know that a prince and a great man has fallen this day in Israel? And I was gentle today, though anointed kings. He said, I was gentle today. The king was gentle. But these men, sons of Zerui, are more severe than I. And the Lord will repay the evil doer according to his wickedness. Public. Correction. Wow. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some time in worship.
1: to know, He'd rather die than let them go. Cause God loves people more than anything. Ooh, 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 God loves the wounded who stumbled into sin. He reaches down and pulls them out and thinks them up.
0: Testament passage today picks up in the book of John, chapter 15, verse 18. John 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, know it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Now, beloved, please. Christianity is not popular. Let me say that. True Christianity is not popular. I often tell young people, they say, I want to do this and I want to do that with my life. And I say, anything that depends on popularity with the world is not going to be successful for you as a Christian. Because if you're going to live the Christian life, the world is going to hate you because we've been chosen out of the world. So, so young people, please understand. Now, if you're going to live a compromising life and you're going to go along to get along and you're going to act like the world so that the world will love you, that's different. But if you're going to really live the Christian life, this, this is not a popular life. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than their master. If they persecuted me, which they did, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Okay, so Jesus said, all right, let's have a reality check. Number one, they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Number two, they didn't listen to me, and they're not going to listen to you. Reality check, okay? Not listen. They're not going to listen to our words. Okay, you just You're going to have to get a hold of this. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. They don't know the Father. The cause of the persecution, the cause of the refusal to listen is because they don't know the Father. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates the Father, hates my father also. Whoever hates me hates my father also. So you, you can't tell, well, I believe in God or just don't believe in Jesus. No, if you hate Jesus, you hate the Father. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my Father. Now notice, words, miracles. He said, this is why they're guilty. But the word that is written in their own law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause wow how can you hate jesus but the world does they did in jesus's day and they do today have you ever noticed that when people want to swear they use jesus's name (laughs) have you ever noticed that i mean brothers and sisters there is no reason to hate jesus but the world does remember paul says they are in hostility in their mind toward God. When the Helper comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. All right, his purpose, this is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. This is where the Holy Spirit flows from. This is a title of the Holy Spirit. So that's, these are lists that you can begin, all right? These are our lists. The purpose of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit flows from, and his title. And you also bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Chapter 16, verse 1. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. Okay. He prepared them. preparation for discouraging events. Preparation for discouragement, all right? He said, I've I've told you about all this stuff in advance. I've let you know so that you won't be discouraged. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, an hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. Now, now, here's, here's one of the great things that really makes no sense to us in life. That there are people that will try to fight us and destroy us, thinking that they're serving God, but they're really living in deception. Okay? It is a deception to think that you should destroy the work of God. Deception. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. They don't, okay? They've not known. So they're not saved. They have no, they may have a lot of religion, they may have a lot of spirituality, but they're not saved. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you will remember that I told them to you. All right, again, this is this keeping you from being discouraged. I did not say things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. All right, so sometimes truth causes sorrow. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Wow. Okay. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, you know, that that's one of those big question marks, Okay. Because I look at it and I go, okay, it's more advantageous for the apostles to have the Holy Spirit than it was to have Jesus walking beside them. And you look at it and you just go, oh, I'll take Jesus any day. <laughs> but Jesus, no, 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 you're thinking wrong. When that anointing comes upon you, when, the, when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you become a source of a river of living water flowing out of you. Instead of one Jesus, it's like a gazillion Jesus is walking the earth. So it is more advantageous, but it still, it still surprises us. All right. Holy Spirit baptism. better than the presence of Jesus. And you go, wow, when he comes, he will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, take each one of these. He said concerning sin, because they don't believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you'll see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Satan is judged. And the Holy Spirit will convince, and this word literally means convince, convince the world that Satan has already been judged. Convince the world that Jesus has gone to the Father, providing righteousness for us. He's put his blood in the Holy of Holies. Concerning sin, hey guys, you've got to believe in Jesus. Whatever is not of faith is of sin. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now, all right? some truth not for now cannot bear now sometimes you just need to realize when you're teaching people they're not they're not ready for this yet they can't bear this yet this is a great principle again of leadership when the spirit of truth comes He will guide you into all truth. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you things that are yet to come. Okay, so this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Twofold work of the Holy Spirit here. Now, this is another one of these lists that we need to start, the work of the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, he will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the work of the Holy Spirit will always take what is Jesus's and proclaim it to us. All right, we're running out of time quickly, so let's get to Proverbs. Proverbs, let me read it to you from the New Living Translation today. Can I do that for you? Do not demand an audience with the king. Or push for a place among the great, all right? Do not self-promote. You know, don't run around trying to push yourself. It is better to wait for an invitation to the head table than to be sent away in public disgrace, all right? Jesus taught. Jesus taught the same truth. So I'll go look up that verse and put it in. Just because you've seen something, don't be in a hurry to go to court. For what will you do in the end if your neighbor deals you a shameful defeat? Do not be quick to court battles. You may think you're right, but what happens if you lose? When arguing with your neighbor, Do not betray another person's secret. All right? So, do not use confidential info to win the argument. Or someone may accuse you of gossip and you will never again retain, regain your good reputation. Don't use confidential information that somebody has told you about something. Because you know what? Nobody's going to talk to you again. When you argue with someone, argue with what is common knowledge, not what has been given you in confidence. Great wisdom today. All right, we'll see you tonight as we get back into the prayer series. Pentecost weekend, we're going to talk about praying in the spirit. That's going to be our subject tonight. We'll see you tonight, seven o'clock.